watching prohibition fall down. Dude, grow show, grow talk, take two. All right, guys. <laughs> just chuckling if you guys do. Sometimes it takes us three or four times to start the show. It's like, look, heaters. It took us less than an hour this time, okay, man? Less than an hour. In that hour, I had a little fun. I'm like, shit, we got to start the show off with a laugh. And for some reason, I was thinking about Garbage Pail Kids. Some people might not know what Garbage Pail Kids are, but they were like collectible. They're cards, right? That could be. Yeah, they were. They were cards. Yeah. Or sticker. I think you could peel it off, too, if you wanted. But uh, I don't know how many named after you. I just searched Brett. My given name, Garbage right. Pill Kids. I got, check these out, dude. I got Brett Sweat. I got, you know, that one's pretty tight. Makes me look a little buff. I got, <laughs> I got Brett Vet, which makes me look a little bad. I, you know, you know, Brett the Vet with some ammo there. Um, this is, and then that's the Rambo bread. right there, man. That's Rambo Brett. The, the Burnt Out Brett's kind of like, I don't know. This is maybe these last two go for like us at the DGC Cup. There's Burnt Out Brett. And just yeah. for you, the only one I could find for you, Scott, is Bloodshot Scott. And that, that so reminded me of the DGC <laughs> Cup. You come up to me and you're just like, your eyes, are you okay? <laughs> That's awesome. I do Look miss at those. That. Need a wheelbarrow for that. Makes <laughs> you imagine sometimes I think that uh, uh, our job is weird. But could you imagine just going to the office and drawing garbage pail kids for a living? It's got to be a weird job, right? <laughs> they got to smoke weed there, right? What if your job was to be like the uh, one of the producers or the guy on like Crank Anchors, that show where they just call oh, people up? I love God, that shit. That is so good. There is like <laughs> eight hours. I'll share it with you. Howard Stern has these guys, Sal and Richard, and they just have, I think it's eight hours of prank phone calls that are on uh, YouTube. And it, it's just awesome. I mean, it's if you're in a down mood, it is so hard not to laugh. People, what, what's up with that? People don't really prank people that much anymore. I know when I was a kid, I pranked. Maybe we should bring it back. Maybe we should do it along the Dude Gross show, the, the little prank call session. Wait, we need we need the Ashton now, Kutcher show punked to come back, but weed style. None of it's coming back. You know why? Because nobody has a sense of humor anymore. I saw a really <laughs> saw a really funny meme where it was like, uh, back in my day, Grandma uh, Joe Rogan used to have hair and make people eat bugs for money. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny, man. Shout out, actually. Joe Rogan did used to have hair, didn't he? And make people eat bugs for money. About that, the Fear Factor. Just gotta say, weirdest like turn of television ever. No, you guys, the people out there that do like Rogan, Chappelle just sat on there for about three and a half hours. It's a pretty good episode if you want to check it out. He was, man. He's good at what he does. We were talking about how he hasn't changed in, you know, or at least his format since. Episode one, he hangs out with his friends, and that is cool, man. What are we going to do? Come in here and talk. So let's get into our talk. Let's get into Grow Talk here. Grower questions off dudegrows.com. Guys, that's where you can get your own grower questions posted up. The community over there is totally helping out in the comments. Got to love it. Thank you to all the DGC. Uh, Today, we have a Dank Nug Banana Runts by Oni Seed Co. uh, by the Green Underdog. And speaking of Dank Nugs, we're going to have an interview today of the Dank Nug winner from last week. Um, we'll be hanging out in the show. And grower questions, how many pots by Cloud Hopper racking, whoa, whoa, racking, racking with a W, my brain, Cocoa Problem by Benjamin Dover. Benjamin Dover? Benjamin Dover? Yes. I get jokes, man. This one's interesting. How to properly use dimmable LEDs by Bland Meow. Bland Meow. I think I might need to, to learn that myself. 
All right, before we hop in, join the DGC, listener supported. Get yourself some free seeds to order from Seeds Here Now when you sign up to join this show, $10 a month. Uh, Guru's putting out all the episodes a day early over on Patreon for you guys. 30% off Real Growers Recharge, Grower Hookups every month, Pulse Grow, Pulse Grow Pro this month, May 24th. If you guys want to enter to win that unit, it's uh the top post. Once you're logged into Patreon, go comment on that post and you're automatically entered to win. That unit measures CO2 and PAR for you as well, as well as can just save your grow, guys. If you haven't heard about Pulse Grow, check out their site, Coupon Code Dude. Uh, they sell the monitors, which monitor all the parameters in your grow per your set points within app and tell you either via text or email when something is effed up. It literally like, hey, your light's on. It shouldn't be. Your temp's too high. What's up? Get out here. Save us. So awesome device. Uh, as well as a great way to track if you're analytical, if you're data driven, very analytical tracks all the parameters of your entire grow. Hold on, come on, Scotty, you can do it. Cough button, man, need the cough button, bro. Woo. Did you, is it on the floor, your cough button? Did you have to look at the floor to do that? Well, it's in the way most of the time, so it kind of gets kicked over to the corner, and now I'm kicking it back and kicking cables. And all right, we're not all smooth like you. Come on. Cough for us, dude. Let's see it. <laughs> DudeGrows.com forward slash support. Check it out, guys. Also, last but not least, the Discord server. I'm hearing more and more good things about every week. People getting help over there. Good community on the DGC Discord server, which you access as well. All right. Dang Nug, man. What do we got today? Come on. Come on. Let's check it out. Banana runs Ooh. by Oni Seed Company by the Green Ooh. Underdog. I have an Uni right. pizza oven, man. This is two Finos in the hunt. Number one is... Wait, big. is that Uni or Oni? <sighs> uh, it's Oni. It's Oni. Um, it says number one is pick one. Fino number one is pick one, two, and three. And number two is pick four. I gotcha. These all look pretty damn nice. And he has a little comment on uh, how I did this here. It says, I matured early... Uh, matured number one matured earlier and is being set aside for 48 hours of darkness before the cut and hang another grower that likes to do i guess we've decided is grow science the dark period before cutting and trimming like when you put your plants in the dark before you harvest right um i don't guru have we is that pretty much what we're saying that's uh, bro science so it's bro science and science uh just taken to an extreme realistically you just don't want to harvest when the lights are on or have been on so like right before the lights come on it's the best time to harvest you don't necessarily need to have a full 24 hours or 48 hours of dark period just that you harvested during a dark period. why is that though man um it's the where the plant starts to move sugars around uh and get some stuff out of the buds and it's just going to be a little bit better smoke Got when you harvest that then I also say for growers that sometimes harvest does not just line up with what you got going on in your life. So let's say it's Friday. You're like, man, I got a good freaking weekend plan, but these plants need to come down now. Just shut off the lights. You can leave them hanging there for two to three days. Of course, don't let your humidity spike. Still maintain the dark time, the nighttime environment, but you're not going to hurt them. And you might even find some attributes that you like more. Try it out. Uh, so in case you're wondering why they're not growing out, saying on, on these flowers, they look pretty nice to me, but he says, I took cuts before flowering and flowered early to hunt a keeper. Yeah, so, take a look at that, though, man. That's a, Is that the bottom of the container there? That looks pretty small. Yeah, look at it. It says only two plants because of state limits. Who the hell has two? You can grow two. Go two, man. <laughs> you know what, uh, man? 100-gallon buckets. That's why they make 100-gallon radical bags. 
Growing with the Revs TLO and that Rev keeps coming up. I'm going to have to reread this book because I it's kind of my job. And uh, yeah, it's good to revisit this shit. The Revs True Loving, or I think it's True or Tender. Which one? True Loving Organics? True True Living Organics. And it's it's right uh, behind you. Yeah, you just turn your head if you want. It's right behind you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, he's Recharge, Housing Garden Roots Accelerator, Insect Frass, Diluted Worm, Ben Chelates, Water, and a Fair Amount of TLC. Does TLO soil has worked for me so far, but I'm aware that there are some personal health risks. Any advice on what's a good replacement for ah the, the bat guano and bone meal? Dude, yeah. it's true though, man. I was in there mixing uh, soil up. I'm just I was mixing some biochar, cocoa, uh, and earthworm castings, and I think a little bit of of glacial rock dust in there. And I was rolling. I had a 55 gallon drum. Was rolling the drum, and then I just dipped my arm in there, and I had like a <laughs> it wasn't a mask, right? I had a shirt, you know, like the makeshift mask. And sure enough, man, when I went to go take a shower and stuff, I had, it was like all in my hair. It was just everywhere, man. So I can only imagine that the dust gets in your lungs. And like, I mean, you got to worry about any fine particulate dust getting into your lungs like that. So like when you're mixing that stuff up, wear a P100 uh, or a N95 mask that you should be able to find somewhere now these days. <laughs> you should have seen me yesterday. I had to take my wife's out of town. So I'm responsible for all the duties. So I had to take the cat box out and I literally put on one of the respirators <laughs> that the guys have. <laughs> but my neighbors was thought I was fucking nuts, man. But like well, I was saying, you want to be careful with any particulate uh, that's that small and that can be like inhalable. But you particularly want to be careful with stuff like bat guanos where uh, they're known to inhaling that dust can infect yourself with a fungus and your body is not in your immune system is not very good at handling fungus. or dealing with like funguses in your lungs bacteria or in your GI tract or anything like that. So it's best to like just avoid giving it an entry into your body and wearing a respirator or something just when don't you're dealing use with it. Guanos. I mean, has I think back guano is mainly for bloom and is it see I know seabird guano can be straight. It matters what they a, eat. It matters what they eat, believe it or not. And there's high nitrogen back guanos, there's high phosphorus back guanos. But like the bad part isn't really the guano itself. It's well, one, it, it's it the way it's bad. harvested, it's not super sustainable. It kills a ton of bats when they do it. Uh, it also is like people that are underpaid and overworked that are sent down into those caves. Oh, somebody just canceled. You to, got political dude. To deal with that. So, like, it's probably best to just avoid guanos. There are much better sustainable things that you can use in the garden. Well, even if it's not I mean, sustainable, not even going down that rabbit hole. This is why when I look at some things, I used to be not anti, but like, oh, I don't want to use any. I don't want to use synthetic. or I was like chemical salts. Like, oh, I, I want to sure. be organic. But yeah. man, replacing some of the, the, the um, and I know there's a finite limit of phosphorus and what we can mine out there. I don't know there no, there is, man. There absolutely is. And it's, it's a limiting, it's going to be the yield limiting factor in the future, dude. Well, he can use, um, I don't know if you know, you know off the top of your head as far as what other type of organics. Bone meal, I was reading here, has about a, an average of a 315-0 NPK, so a lot of phosphorus and bone meal, it looks like. Um, um, I mean, but back guano has a lot of organic, uh, soil organic matter in there, too, I guess you could say. Yeah, back, back guano can be a good fertilizer. Like I was saying, it's not the best or most sustainable or like readily available ones. Something like if just a simple base would be neem cake meal and crab crab meal. Um, like the two of those pretty much cover most of your bases. You like, know how like you don't have to have like I, I guess the big thing in back guano was that it was like uh, for people thinking the way they had grown before, it's like a bloom booster. But an organic bloom booster, 
So instead of like that frame of thinking of using bloom boosters and stuff, just have a good organic balanced soil to begin with, with lots of microbes and microbial life in there. And go if like you need right. Figuring out how to do that. Build a soil is a great resource in that realm. Um, I, I, they're putting out more uh, knowledge on their YouTube channel and their site is really good also to find some quality ingredients to replace those two things for sure. Man, I was talking to Dave Montgomery, uh, and it was a while ago, but he was telling me how like Bacuano back in the day, they were going to run out of it. It was like the way to grow, you know, that was your phosphorus right there. And they were just going to run out of it. And that's why it's kind of funny that we, you know, things are opposite now. Uh, when the guy, Justice von Liebig, inverted, in, invented uh, mineral fertilizers or synthetic fertilizers, they were like, oh my God, thank God it's sustainable now. We'll be able to sustain our, our, our food crops. And that was like heralded as a huge thing. It's kind of funny now that we're back full circle, you know. I will tell you that guy, the guy that invented uh, synthetic fertilizers was like, fuck yeah, you can do it all with chemicals. And then on his deathbed, he was like, I just, maybe it was a couple of years before he died, but he was like, no, I, I, so I know now that soil organic matter is the way to grow. Well, you it's can't like you just say grow with chemicals. Sometimes a good analogy for people to think about, like I there's beautiful forests around my house, around everywhere here in British Columbia. Nobody's out there with fertilizer and shit, right? It's composting. I think about it's fungi. that. Yep. When you look up in the mountains, you see all those green, you know, the, the green trees. And you realize they're just, you know, the rocks are weathering or the, the fungi, the mycorrhizae fungi is actually melting those rocks. And it's supplying that's minerals, rocks, rocks, minerals, man. Mineral-based fertilizers. You even see it around your house, Scott, Fort Collins, wherever, but sometimes you'll be on a hike in a rocky area on the side of like a hill mountain, and there's just this effing tree like growing out of the cracks in the rock. <laughs> Man, you are determined, all right? Well, what that things do is it's breaking up that rock to make it more accessible. You know, the minerals more accessible. They're not accessible as those rocks, but as the microbes, you know, as the weather breaks them up, as they get weathered, and then as the microbes are able to, you know, break them down even more. That's how fertilizer's made. That's how natural fertilizer's made. Interesting in the comments, I didn't even look. Mr. Natural is also recommending, hey, take a look at this. And he's got uh, Build a Soil. It's a link in their blogs. Um, why, why TLO dissecting the rev mix line by line, which sounds very informative. Check that. Well, line out. by line is, isn't the rev mix where you layer it? Isn't that the one where you layer it? Layering and spiking and like it was trying to adapt organics to like really small pots too. So like a just misconception that I mean you can do organics in small pots like that with this this method, but it's a lot easier uh, the bigger soil battery uh, that you have there. Who wrote this? Man? <laughs> I love this guy, man. It's like please argue with me. I'm writing. Not, I'm not writing this for my own good, but to create a conversation. It's pretty Jesus. awesome. No, Please this argue is awesome. We'll have to go over this. This is uh, I just clicked on this blog link, and it's it's basically taking all the ingredients that the Rev recommends, mm -hmm. and I didn't even know all this. For example, one fourth cup blood meal, and then Build a Soil is explaining here whoever the author is. Okay, blood meal. There are way better sources of nitrogen than this. Blood meal is the waste from the cattle industry. Are you one hundred percent confident that the blood is being used is free of any drugs, hormones, toxins, etc.? Mic um, drop. Goes right into feather meal, saying the same things. Antibiotics and other drugs found in feather meal samples. That should be enough to show how you've convoluted the feather meal industry. Is so good freaking link here, Mister Natural. I appreciate that. Man, that's right. so feather meal. I imagine is just from the chicken industry, right? Which is also a pretty gross industry. Man, I just don't have the balls necessarily. Like I, I feel like 
because there's there's an area by me called Fraser Valley, right? Fraser Valley, beautiful, lush valley where tons of farming going on. Fraser Valley. You drive along there and you do see like those really long chicken, either it's a chicken house or a pig house. Uh, to do like a full-on farm tour on one of those things. No, you don't want The processing part, like, yeah. Ah, this is nah, bro man. talk. Let's don't let's ever make move. me drive by Popeye's chicken. All right. I don't want any, no <laughs> images in my head. <laughs> I was telling dude, it's like, man, I wasn't feeling right this weekend. It felt like I had stomach, stomach flu or something. And, uh, I got, couldn't even eat Popeye's chicken. And he was like, what? And I go, I had to stop there. I got myself an eight pack. Anyhow, I just couldn't eat it, man. That's how I knew I was sick, man. All right. First crow talk question. You cannot many drive pops? by a Popeye's chicken. All right, dude. I think it's like a religious thing or something. I'd save it for waking big. How many pots <laughs> posted by Cloudhopper? Hey, dudes, just got my four by eight tent. Fluent yeah. Spider 1700 PPFD is coming. Want to maximize yeah. the space for a big yield? Should I use three big fabric pots or multiple smaller fabric pots? Hang now, on a second. Congratulations on the four by eight. That's a legitimate grow space, man. Yeah, Especially nice. a tent because you can access it from the sides. It's a, a bit more surface, you know, whatever it's area to grow on, what you say. Because, man, think about all the to get behind. I don't know. There's a lot of in a room. <clears throat> it's a, I don't know, a lot of hallway space or a little bit of hallway space, I guess. Nice to be able to access it from the sides is all I'm saying. Yeah, you're picturing like the ultimate grow room where you had like sliding glass doors on each like, access to that room to like. But that's what I mean. Different- Just get a tent. You know, what I mean, yeah. a tent having those zipper doors is fucking awesome. Sorry, so what is the deal, up. man? It just uh, come on, explain it to me. You pack that. You pack that little front thing with weed, right? That's your Dynavap, no? Yeah, I mean, Dynavate. you're packing it just like, just like a freaking, uh, you know, it's a little one hitter container. Pack it sure. up. You put this metal cap on it, and then for me, you guys, I think Kyle, Warehouse Kyle uses a torch. I got the uh, induction thing here. No, we got that. And uh, All right. But you can use either way, and yeah, you got your own personal little vapey, vapey there kicking. And it clicks or something? Is that how you I, – I remember we were fucking with it. I just messed with it a little bit, but it makes like a, a clicking, clicking noise, system. right? Yeah, there's a clicking system, an audible click on heat up and on cool down to let you know what's going on with it. So, yeah, check them out. And, the pros yeah. But it's it's cool though. It's not an electronic device at all. I mean, it's literally like the however they made the metal. It makes a pop when it's ready, and then this, I don't know, kind of cool cool device, man. I like that thing. Is it Dynavap or Dynavape? <coughs> I always ask this. D y n a v a p dot com coupon code dude. I wasn't planning a little spot there, but no problem, Scotty. But right. how do you say it, man? How do you say it? <coughs> it, is, it is Dynavap. Dynavap. Thank you. How many pots? All right. That's what we're talking about here. Four by eight tent. We already did that. So there's a few things with this question. If you have, <coughs> we can take it two ways. One, let's act like we have a plant count that we're going to adhere to. So I'm in Canada. I can grow four plants. Right. What should I do in a four by eight? Four, four, plants. four plants and veg, four plants and flowers, and then keep a clone tray with a couple of No, I'm just kidding. That's more than four <laughs> Those plants. are my dogs, joke, right? Man. Those are my cats. That's my sons. Yeah. Um, you're going to go bigger, I, right? The less I, I you grow, so. you got to go bigger. Here's the thing with growing bigger. It's a lot of veg time. If you can grow a bunch of three gals that you just clone them, grow them for, you know, a week or 10 days, you know, get them to grow to be this big and then you veg them, or I'm sorry, then you flip them. Man, if you can do that, it doesn't take a lot of space and you can get a lot of flour, a lot of diverse flour from it too. I mean, if three you, gallons, five gallons. I, I brought my five gallon behind me. Where's it at? 
If you don't Something have a plant like that. count, though, that's the good way to go. Did like, he say plant count? If Does anybody? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just having fun. Well, let's talk about that just without plant count strategically then. Three gals are great, but they take a lot of maintenance. They take a lot of watering. Five gals are great. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm not going to say it. I'm a fan of a five-gallon sip bucket. <laughs> Can't not nice. say it, damn it. No, but seriously, you can put a lot of five-gallon buckets like I got behind me and grow a lot of, I don't know, eight-ounce plants. This is one of the cool things about gardening is to this question, there is no right answer. Um, you could do this uh, like an infinite number of, well, not infinite, but a huge number of different ways you could set this up um, and still be as successful as any of the other ones. Just kind of what parameters matter to you the most. Like Scott was saying, with, if you just have big plants, you have a long veg time because you have to veg and fill out That's probably a, huge, a scrog net in there. That's a huge deal, man. If you can grow more smaller plants, it's much gonna, less veg time. And it is, as long as you're not doing perpetual, doing perpetual. Yeah, uh, you can kind of play. I with like that, the, then. the. I'm in seven gals right now, but I'm only growing three in a five by five. But I would like five gals or three gals and more plants, more tops, more plants, more colas, more bigger tops, and picturing one plant as sometimes yep. so then you go down the side of the plant. You use that's not the primary spot where you're going to get as big of flowers as the top of the plant. Smaller containers are easier to move in a need be situation. I think Guru, you mentioned before that you might do a bed. In that situation? Uh, No, I I probably wouldn't personally do a bed in the situation, but it's one of the many options you have. You could legitimately, like, if you just want to have the most soil batter you can and you're doing an organic grow, do two or four plants um, or even three plants in a giant four by eight bed. Fucking and run that, run though, that with the mulching and cover cropping and uh, reamending everything, and run like a living organic soil if you wanted to. But girl, if you wanted, if life. you wanted to grow out that entire floor of the grow room right. in solo cups and feed it twenty <laughs> times a day, you could do that, and you're probably going to get around the same amount of weed either way. <laughs> so like, it's there's lots of different ways. <laughs> a cat, I think, is the saying, but that's. It's kind of but here's the, here's the situation with beds. Unless you're like Soup the Gardener, you can catch an article he just put out recently. I think it's in the DGC guides. He made some badass beds that are on like rollers, <laughs> roller trays. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that the door to your grow space is big enough to let you get a bed out. But let's say I'm in a grow tent or a grow room and all of a sudden I notice some powdery mildew. I catch it earlier on one plant. Right. It sure be nice for me to take all my plants out of that room and then spray the shit out of the room. Right. I'm going to hit the room down. Then I'm going to individually, when I had hemp russet mites, I took the plant out, set it in the middle of my garage floor. I could walk around it, see every side of it with my sure. hose and sprayer and get a real good application. Or the one plant that seemed to be the host for all the hemp russet mites that they liked the most, I just took that plant and threw it out into the winter snow. So it's like, it's nice to be able to move plants around for me. I don't necessarily like beds for that reason. Um, but uh, but you know, hang on. I got something to say about beds because I got burnt on them. I just saw my beds, you know, for last year's beds uh, sitting mm-hmm. out in the yard. Remember I did the hempy beds? Man, this makes humidity such an issue. It puts so much humidity into the air, man, that you need a dehumidifier at that point. It, you mean uh, hempy beds? Hempy buckets? I did hempy beds last year, remember? Oh, okay. I'm constantly gotcha. experimenting with stuff, the never-yielding garden. 
<laughs> Sounds like a good story, doesn't it? <laughs> like a good it. meme. <laughs> Never yielding card. Oh, are they going to have you like flying on top of the would, like would, weird animal from Neverending Story? And then veg plants are just it's just veg plants for as long as. <laughs> All right, hey, meme people get to work on that one. Uh, it's awesome. But uh, I still stick by you never can go wrong with the old five gallon. It's a popular size. It's easily movable. I'm um, doing a four it. By I'm eight, grabbing it. Grip of them. So I'm grabbing it. You got there. Well, that's a five, I'm t- five gallon bucket. I'm talking five gallon nursery pot, though. But yeah. Whatever. But I'm just saying, if you flower something like this up, it's going to give you a decent amount of butt, man. What are you doing with that? That's ready to go to flower, man. I'd be flipping that thing today if I were you. That's what I'm telling you. I think I'm going to toss the uh, what I got that I screwed up um, out and start with these again. And just, I got to learn. Something happened. I'm thinking of what's going on in my grove. I'm thinking I might be fucking up with too much light. You know, I've done that before. All right. It's got damn good under out. 150 watts. Cloud Hopper, I hope that helped out with your new 4x8. I hope you get some thanks soon. Rasufa, thanks for the good compliment. Just cool on our comment. And Audrey Jr., awesome, awesome. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to good comments, man. <laughs> I have <laughs> one to start time. off with, man. As you know, we like to mess with Bruce Banner about his grower's trim. And uh, he has a rebuttal. He texted me an official rebuttal. He said, my like rebuttal it. on the grower's trim, I do not take offense to grower's trim. I see it more like an Italian buying fish from the fishmonger. You go for the whole fish so you can see the eyes and know it's fresh. The best thing you can consume are minimally processed. Mm. I like that. I do like yeah. it. That is a good rebuttal. Thank you, Bruce, for the I forgot to ask him if I could use it on the show. Hopefully. <laughs> um, yet another one here from Uzi Blanco. Yeah, this one, I just, come on, it's Grow Talk. He says... Uh, Uzi, he, she says, maybe a girl named Uzi, right? So you guys use the 700 PPM scale, not the 500. And dude, PPM is screwy like that. There's two different scales that you can use. PPM is parts per million uh, of dissolved solids. And there's also EC, which is electrical conductivity. EC really is the one that they use in laboratories. That's the most accurate one. And Guru, take it from here, because that's about all I know. It's kind of, well, I can throw in an analogy. Mm -hmm. Like EC is kind of like the metric system where everything else is what they do in the States. You're right. EC is the one that makes sense universally. And then they're like, oh, really? In England, we use this one. No, so what? It's 700 ppm. No, there's it's a scale. It's just a scale that they put it on, and it's really just a multiplier. Oh, so they EC, take, right? They take EC, and then they multiply it by this. Like, realistically, uh, I hope that the weed-growing community starts to get away from PPMs right. and read stuff as EC because it leaves nothing up for interpretation. Like, the EC is the EC. There's no way around that. And it, it, it doesn't a- matter if you multiply it by five or 700. The EC is what that scale is doing whenever you put it in. You can switch them. Most, like a blue lab, you can switch between a five and a 700 scale if you want to. But then you have to know, like, which con- the country of origin for your nutrients and right. all this other stuff. So yeah, use EC, everybody. And an EC is electrical conductivity. It's basically measuring the amount of uh, salts, the electrical conductivity of what a salt is a metal and a non-metal. So it's measuring the conductivity of the metal. Yeah, or just uh, 
Yeah, the the more metal that is in dissolved into the liquid, the right. easier it will uh, have let electricity pass through it. It can measure that between two points. They know how far away from oh, each other they are, a. and it and it and it knows. So it's that like your EC meter yeah. runs a current from two, uh, two like an anode and, bottom, a, an anode right. and a cathode, yeah. and it picks up and it knows that like oh there was this much resistance going through the water. It's like a mini, because like mini. I don't know if you know, uh, if you walked into a like pool of distilled or deionized water that was right. pure water right. and you like someone threw a toaster into it, like you're <laughs> going to be fine because it's not really going to con- conduct electricity that well. Let's try but if that. they did that, <laughs> you're doing the fuck out of did that, that and then throw a handful of salt in like it's going to get you. So you volunteer if we get a pool big enough? No, because I know how this works. <laughs> it's like the guy that drinks the Roundup. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> no, I won't do it. Are you kidding me? I said you somebody somebody could do it, but not me. Next bro talk question: a racking, racking my brain, cocoa problem <clears throat> by Benjamin Dover. Benjamin Dover. Benjamin Dover. <laughs> All right. Hello from the greatest prohibition state of North Dakota. Yeah, uh, man. Hey, now, what do you think of what do you think of when you think of North Dakota? Corn and plains. Fargo. Coal. I think of a movie Fargo. Fair enough. Remember that movie? Yeah, I remember well, the main part I just, just remember I think somebody got chipped. They put did. a chipper. There's snow always, and it's just like they just like aggressively trying to scrape the ice off the side of your I'm sorry, off the windshield of your car. <laughs> I mean, it just seems cold to me, man. And you know what else I think of? Is oil. Think of all. Very very affordable living though, you know? I, I bet know. you. I don't know. I heard there's no land <laughs> shortage. <laughs> Says hello from the greatest prohibition state, North Dakota. New DGC member and first time growing right on. Excellent. Has been man. Going relatively well thus far. All issues that I've had dealt with relatively quickly and corrected until now. I'm growing Northern Lights and Critical Autos from Nirvana in a five by five with two SV. SF 2000s, must be the LEDs, AC Infinity fans, GH3 part, of course, recharge, yada, yada, hey. yada. Uh, when I first started this grow, I was watering every other watering or every few days until runoff, and it was drowning the plants. So I, could, well, I quit watering the runoff because it was taking so much water. Every time I've tried to water until runoff, it's been the same. Struggled getting runoff and would instead drown the plants. Fast forward a couple weeks, I'm still feeding with no runoff. And yesterday I tried again. I watered two and a half gallons, which is twice what I normally water. And the cocoa held it all. So he's in a 70-30 mix, cocoa perlite. Like, what's up with this, you think? Hang on. First comment you got to make is those plants look great. Those plants plants do look great. Um, I am wondering, like, just the physics of watering two and a half gallons into what looks like to be like a three or a five-gallon pot. Kind of hard to tell from scale here. Uh, usually it only takes like a gallon or gallon and a half to water a five gallon. Are so, you slow watering too? A lot of times it takes, uh, I don't know, I notice with my cocoa and the peat's even worse. But if you kind of water it in, like I have a watering can, I'll go water it in. If I do it fairly aggressively, it just runs right through. It takes a, a while for it to kind of wick through and saturate the whole plant. There are ways to help with that when you have like a hydrophobic soil, especially if it's peat based. Uh, using some type of wetting agent to right. help will help your watering spread much more evenly through the through the root zone and along the roots, and it won't just because uh, it's it's finding it's the easiest way out because it has so much uh, like surface tension to the water. Right. Where if you have a wetting agent in there, it won't do that, and it'll water evenly through your soil. 
Even, even gonna, without, you just got to very, so maybe all I'm saying is try to water really slowly and see if that changes the amount of water that you get to runoff. And then, I, I don't know, I'm sorry to jump in, but it's not, it's not on a day schedule. <laughs> no, all right, I have something that may be useful, okay? <laughs> it's not on a day schedule, man. It's on a, uh, when they lose at least half of their weight schedule. You water them, you water it, and then you uh, wait till they're, They've taken up that water, right? At least half of it. That's the way I do it. At least half, if not more. Um, right. I have I, I've not been watering too much. I used to say water to 10% runoff or you're going to get salt buildup and you're going to have issues. I've seen it. And I'm wondering right. if that was back in the day when I was using more salt-based, I don't know, like a GH3 part, shit like that. Uh, since I've been using rainbow nutrients for years now, I barely ever water to runoff. Sometimes I'll get a trickle. Now, I'm not saying this is just my style. Um, I'm certainly not getting enough runoff that I need to be there with a shot back or do anything about it. And uh, do, do the, can you see through the bottom of your holes? Because I actually have my three gallons up at eye level now because they're on a, a shelf. So when I'm watering them, I kind of see the bottom of the holes and I see them fucking dry when I go in there. I'm like, God damn it. The bo- very bottom of, you know, oh, I, I just as always plant weight. I always just I every time before I go mix nutrients or I'm in the tent and I pick up each plant, which is only of course feasible for everybody. Um, but it great way of telling me because sometimes it's not always the same, you know. But they're pretty uniform. I pretty much know what they're going to need when they're going to need it. Right. Sometimes they'll change up their usage. So, but my point um, is when you see that dry, you know the little dry you know through the drainage holes, you can see it's it's bone dry there. So when sure. you water, you have to water pretty much to run off because that's the last point until it runs off. And what do we consider runoff? Meaning, even if it's a trickle, we're okay. I mean, that's runoff technically. The, that is technically runoff. The like just best practices uh, in most of horticulture is to water to ten percent runoff. Which means, if you do that, I need to have my shop back ready because I don't want my plant to sit in ten percent runoff. Or correct? a floor drain is yeah, really, but that, really why do you think I'm messing with hempy buckets so hard? Really trying to develop a system with it. Because unless, geez, I don't have a floor drain now, I make a fucking mess. Thank God it's in a garage, <laughs> you know? This is all assuming that you want to uh, water to saturation once and then wait until another watering point with cocoa and, I mean, other media suit. You have the option you of, hit them. of instead of watering all of it all at once to water to saturation, you water a little bit multiple times a day in like a cyclical pattern so that you are able to keep more perfect uh, air and moisture level with the plants um, for just a, like the whole time instead of having the fluctuation up and down. I do like that. I water every soil. day. Like yeah. I'm watering every day now. I'm switching yep. up just since we're on cocoa. Um, Benjamin, Benjamin Dover here is asking that maybe I just have a shit quality cocoa, but your plants look good. I doubt your cocoa is just complete shit quality. I was talking with, um, I think I touched on this, but I'm going to do it again real quick. Urban Remo Remo had a, a video out, and he's like, I've been using this cocoa for five years. That caught my attention. I called up Mike over at Royal Gold. Uh, they have a great cocoa. He's like, dude, one of these guys here in Humboldt, like, he's got his one bed. It's on its ninth year, and it's like it keeps getting better. He loves it. Granted, when he pulls his plants out, there's holes. There's, you know, you need to re-amend a little bit of fresh cocoa in each time. I just thought that was really cool. So I'm going to start growing, I think, in just straight cocoa, like straight cocoa. I know, Scotty, I don't know if you've used can of cocoa before. It's a plain cocoa. 
you never add did you usually add you add perlite every time i did not i'm not a perlite guy until just this last time honestly rasta jeff was the straw that broke the camel's back we were talking about weird fucking sayings it's a pretty weird one but once once he had told me that yeah i definitely use a uh, perlite in there it just all made sense the tuper the reason that, that people like tuper the reason that mike actually told me they sell it because you can fertilize and water it a lot it dries out fast man you can water it you know and get and give it a nutrient every time you water it so it's kind of that's the advantage of cocoa it's, i'm skipping the perlite too man and on this uh well i yeah. i added i went with the perlite man because i want it to dry out as, fa- as fast as possible and particularly with my hempy buckets i want them to hold as much air as possible so i like it well i'm making a cocoa reuse station so it's going to be out under the grow shack which has no plants in it but what you do in a nutshell, if you haven't heard, you're going in containers. You just grab your stalk after you've chopped your plant, pull out what you can, and you right. know you're going to have a whole root ball. Then to chop away the top part of that stalk. You got to put that somewhere, and this is a little laborious. You got to break them up, right? But then after you break it all up, you got a, a cocoa that's mixed up with roots and whatever perlite or shit you had in it. Um, and then basically uh, use a you can do a rinse. It really depends on what your inputs are, though, on how much you're going to want to rinse it or if you can use enzymes. But I want to get Michael on the show and go over this in more detail. Long story short, I'm I'm turned on by the fact I mean, <laughs> Mita isn't cheap, man. Mita is not cheap. And to keep reusing cocoa over and over and over and over again, sure. that really does feel like somewhat sustainable. All right. It feels so, dumb so. when you're throwing your media out after using it for 90 days. Come on. I mean, I never throw it out. It usually always makes it to somewhere around the house. Right. It, it should last more than 90 days, is all I'm saying. All right. Thanks, Benjamin Dover. And let's move on to, uh, and thanks for Great. the support, buddy. Appreciate that. Great looking plants. Oh, we got Recharge It Up, man. Not Recharge It Up, but Recharge Your Hardworking Soul, the Recharge Ad Spot, official sponsor of Dude Grow Show. Whoa. Uh, I, I got a little content for this, actually. I, I'm becoming a strawberry freak this year. I got like, I'm going to say 12 hanging strawberry baskets because I like the fact that they hang up because, one, they're away from the snails and or serpents, me and my wife call them, the damn Ooh. snails that will go for anything out here, too. Great air movement, good sun. And then they're right when their strawberries are ripe, they're at eye level. You're like, yep, don't even have to bend over. Um, and got also some strawberries in radical bags and some other things, but I just found some PM on a couple of them. They came from a nursery and that's where in that situation they got PM. They're kind of probably more cramped together versus open air in the sun at sure, my house, sure. right? And strawberries are fairly prone to powdery mildew too. I'm hoping powdery mildew though. I have like five different varieties of strawberries. So if it's on one variety, I'm hoping it doesn't like the other varieties. I don't know if it's that specific with strawberries, but that's what I'm hoping. Um, so I was like, what can I do here? What's mess with this? Uh, I sprayed them all down heavy with just recharge. Now I haven't, I've discussed this on the show. I don't like to do it on my cannabis plants, especially like for further into flower because the coloration, you get some, some staining that will rinse off, but sure. on your leaves, right? Cause recharge mixes up murky, but on the strawberries, they're out in the sun and they're easy to rinse off. So we're doing that model of out competing and it's working pretty damn good so far. But so basically if I have this right, all the microbes I'm spraying onto that leaf surface. Like I don't does the, the, does trichoderma like eat the mold at all, or just there's basically no more room for the mold to grow. 
Uh, I don't know. Trichoderma is a decomposer. I didn't think that is probably what's doing it, huh? Uh, actually, it's the Bacillus subtilis. Is it not the trichoderma? Yeah, I was trying to think, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, Bacillus subtilis subspecies fifty one, I think. Oh yeah, uh, Man, that's it, the one. It is the one. It smells stinky feet. It is what's in Serenade and other uh, micro powdered mildew sprays. Huh. Uh, it does uh, feed on the powdered mildew itself, which is pretty cool, and out competed in the same uh, same space. I know. Yeah, uh, tr- go ahead. Yes, sir. I was just going to say, Trichoderma eats anything. Classic. <laughs> Still working on that. So digging on that, obviously I have access to a bunch of recharge. I'm a bit spoiled. So uh, you can see here, I we have a badminton court now on our side yard, a little badminton court. And uh, so I was like, you know what? We're going to try and make this as badass as possible. And I like hand I was out there hand watering with that watering can, just watering recharge all over the bed. Actually, I only did half of it to see if we can get like a half recharge side. Right. And that's like the side I only play on. Like I play on that side. Your guests, you play on the other side. Damn straight. Hey, let me ask but, you a question, man. So badminton, that's with the rackets, the thin, the skinny rackets, right? Yeah, from a little birdie. I don't know what they call it. but It's called a birdie. What is croquet? This dude came over and he told me that he was a very serious croquet player. And I tried <laughs> to fit in, but I had no idea what it was, man. I was trying to anybody know? That's uh, croquet is the one with the like hammer mallet things <sighs> and with the rings and you hit the balls and try and get it to go through the rings. That's actually great smoking great. sport. Yeah, yeah it's better be high while playing. It's like it's like the version of bocce ball, but with a, a mallet thing instead of a uh, just throwing the ball. This dude's my electrician. He's super cool. What do they call him? Salt of the earth. And uh, okay. he's like, yeah, man, I play croquet with my in-laws in Maui. I'm like, God damn, must be all right, man. Uh, if you guys, it's not only for your strawberries or lawn, but mainly your cannabis. Your cannabis loves your rhizosphere in your pot, loves recharge. Get those microbes up in there, realgrowers.com. Uh, coupon code DUDE. If you're in Canada growing the dank, as I say, rechargecanada.ca. Rechargecanada.ca. The rumor going around, uh, dude can, has, I can't tell you third person. I feel so silly when I go, dude, I was going to say dude, you know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> I'll say that. The dude, uh, man. Getting some access to Irie Genetics up here. If you're interested, usually contact us on rechargecanada.ca. I'll let you know what's up. Um, yeah. All right, man. Yeah. You want to hit the grow? Actually, we have a, the interview, the Dank Nug winner. If you guys haven't noticed, um, we changed things up a bit. We tried a game show. We tried a claw. Uh, <laughs> we do different live things. I think we cool. resold the claw machine. I'm not sure. I think we resold that. Didn't go nice. to waste. Put it maybe made them. You got to upsell though. You got to make money on your, you know, your investments there. <laughs> he did not make money on the clone machine. <laughs> so um, we are, are postponing, not doing currently. We're in meetings about the Dank Nug contest. We feel the DDC kind of likes to hear some grow talk and us talking the most, but this is the Dank Nug winner um, from last week, right? So, or this yes. week, you could say. So hit it. Let's play this and uh, we'll be right back. What is up, DGC? It is Dank Nugs time or it is time to hang out and learn a little bit about growing some Dank Nugs, man. Noah from Do You Write Genetics, man. What's up, brother? What's good? Chilling. Man, there was some Dank Bud last week. You won. Congratulations. You're the winner, man. Sixth Sense <laughs> Skunk by Cultivated Choice Genetics, huh? That was some yeah, beautiful man. shit, man. That was beautiful. 
Yeah. So, you know, I always like to, to ask about the growth. First of all, do you write genetics, man? I'm confused. Is that like some kind of, you know, how the rappers have like, you know, you know, collaborations and stuff, man? What's going on? What's do you write genetics? Uh, it's just uh, I'm a big 311 fan. And oh, nice, uh, that's nice. uh, my, my favorite song by them. So I just uh, feel like that, you know, um, create some genetics that make people feel good and do you right, you know? Fuck yeah. I love it, man. So what would you, first off, how long have you been growing? Uh, longer than I'd like to admit, but uh, well, you're- <laughs> seriously, seriously for about four years, yeah. Okay, so you've got quite a few harvests under your belt. You're a tent grower, you know, whatever. But you, uh, you get- Both, indoor, outdoor, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and what, so what's up? You just started, you've collected genetics over, you know, over time, and, that, and that's what you're starting to do is just kind of start chucking pollen out? Yeah, man. Um, well, you know, usually always starts with an accident. You're like, oh, shit, this is easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> right. And tell me, and you, then, call yourself uh, you know, the hunt, the hunt is what got me, man, like hunting through phenotypes and uh, just wanting to create my own stuff. You know, we all get somewhat bored with just growing, you know, and yep. uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much where it led to is just uh, doing a little bit of pollen chucking. I'm going to actually be working on some uh some F3 autos. Uh, I've actually just popped them. So I'm going to be hunting through those uh, here in the next, I don't know, a few weeks or so. They should be ready to go. So that's bullshit then, man. I always love asking this question. I'll ask it to somebody, a self-proclaimed pollen chucker. What's the difference between a pollen chucker and a breeder? Oh man. Wow. Uh, So yeah, for me, a breeding, breeding is like, uh, yeah, that's another echelon. (laughs) Um, So it's like, pollen chucking you know just taking two cultivars and bam you know what i'm saying seeing, seeing what, what you happens get. right yeah you know breeding to me is like all right you know i have a purpose like i'm gonna take this and take this and try my best to get what i want out of these two cultivars um but yeah i mean that's you know doing a that's lot a i mean that's goddamn answer man it's a good goddamn stress answer. test everything so i mean it's good to go that's cool, man. That's actually really cool. So how'd you find this? Is this something you created? Is this something you popped? What What is this that you got here, man? Oh, the uh, the Six Cent Skunk is from Cultivated Choice. Um, I actually heard an interview uh, with him on a Growcast podcast and um, went and checked out his stuff. And I'm a big uh, Dominion Seco fan. And uh, Fuck yeah, the Munson, dude, Diamond, man. The Munson, yeah, the Munson is hard to find. Uh, and the skunk, uh, that was the, uh, the six cent skunk. The mother was a Munson. So uh, that was uh, enticing to me and uh, just decided to grab those beans, man, and pop them. I popped three and I found that keeper. Uh, so I was pretty happy about that. Fuck yeah, man. Oh, it's beautiful. Come on. just You're pretty good. You got a pretty good description, man. Come on. Paint us a picture. Oh yeah, the the burnt tennis balls. You know, I actually kind of like uh, <laughs> heard Ross and Jeff talking about that one time, and uh, I was like, man, that's such a damn good description, dude. Right. But uh, it really does, man. And now that it's uh, you know it's it's curing up, man. It's kind of it kind of has that GMO smell to it too. Now it's it's weird, man. It's a it's a very diverse uh, uh, profile, sure. Hey, and yeah, it's it's gorgeous. And tell me your nutrients. I wasn't sure about the first first. Uh, what's your base nutrients you're using? I'm always interested. Uh, mega crop How do I grow is from uh, Green Greenleaf Nutrients. Mega crop. They're not a very big company, but I uh, started using it a year ago, two years ago, and um, it's just a water soluble, like kind of all in one deal. 
Sure. Um, I can't remember the MPK off the top of my head. Um, all in one? But one, it's a one yeah, it's, a, it, it's got all kinds of shit in it, man. Um, but and you use one bottle the whole time to grow that. It's a yeah, it's a it's a bag. It's a powdered bag. And um, literally, I just measure it out, you know, and dump it in the jug, mix it up. It'll shake weight. Uh, milk jug style. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the original shake weight, dude. The, the, oh, I can't the help think about South Park's version of the shake weight, man. Oh, geez. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I use that and then, um, you know, I, I do a little um, uh, Nectar of the God stuff. I, I mix a little bit of stuff in there, you know, when, when I can tell if the plant needs a little more or something. Um, and then the Bulletproof SI is basically just a cheaper version of the Power SI. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Cost. I mean, silica, I use uh, silica. That's the what? Monosilicic acid? or Monosilicic mon- acid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I do notice that does, it's called bulletproof is what you said, because it does make the plants somewhat bulletproof. Like you can let them dry the fuck out, man. And they have this, I don't know if they have the silicone on them. It really does help. Helps with some ab- with the abuse. Yeah, I've noticed I've noticed a big change. Um, the only downfall is to is that it, it will mess your pH up if you're not careful. But if you're using recharge, who gives a fuck, man? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I haven't I haven't pH any of my shit for forever, dude. Fucking <laughs> crazy. I mean, I I felt like a dummy saying it in the beginning. It's one of those too good to be true things. But man, I let those microbes do the work for me, brother. Exactly, man. I've used it. I've been using the photosynthesis, photosynthesis plus micro, uh, whatever there's the, I think it's micro plus. Yeah, sure. Sure. That stuff smells so bad. On I was going to say it, but I don't say. <laughs> oh my God. My wife gets so pissed if I open that stuff up in the house. Yeah. That's a different type of microbe right there, man. You know what? Yeah. I'm all about the building the whole category of microbes. There's so many out there. They all mm-hmm. work differently. And I don't think you can have too many microbes in there. They'll all work it out. You might be yeah, wasting man, a you little know, bit of money, but they'll work it out, man. Sometimes, you know, different ones are going to win. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny. I won't say too much, but I contacted them about it because I thought the bottle was bad. And they were like, nope, that's that's just how it smells. I'm like, how the fuck do you work in this place, man? <laughs> we, we have to answer the same like questions about recharge over and over again. Mainly it's yeah. like pH questions and stuff, how to mix it. I couldn't imagine, Guru, if every single call was about, I think my my product is bad. It smells like ass. And we had to say, <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. I'm just monkeying around. Good stuff, man. Microbes are yeah, all it, good. Yeah, it works. Yeah. So, hell yeah. Um, man, I just wanted to touch base with you. Congratulations on winning the Dank Nug contest. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, I think you won, but, you know, the, the voting was pretty solid. Uh, so yeah, it's just beautiful frosty nugs and I appreciate you participating and hope to see you back. There is no limit, man. Come on back. You can win again. Yeah, dude, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I've got some more stuff in my belt, my, in my back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and keep us informed with those breeding projects. If you need some testers, I bet the DGC would be interested. Yeah, man. I'd love to send you guys some testers out. Like I said, I'll have an F3 auto that's uh, solid purple, man. And the parents, I don't want to release too much, but the parents are very, very solid. And uh, I need some I'm autos for testing this summer, man. I need some some testing you know, autos for testing, man. So hook me up, brother. Yeah, man, for sure. I'll send some out. Excellent. Thank you so much, man. Tight work. I don't know. You got Instagram or anything, Mike? Give yourself a shout out. 
Yeah, just do you right underscore genetics IG. That's pretty much it. I don't I don't do the Facebook thing. Right. You can hit right. me up on email. Do you write genetics at Gmail if you need anything. If you want to test some seeds, uh, DM me on Instagram. Um, I'll get to that first. And uh, yeah, Fuck I yeah. appreciate it. No, thank, thank you guys you, so man. much for having me. Fuck yeah. Thanks, brother. Very good. Some good breeder talk there. But what I got out of it was 311 and shake weight. So, dude, I was at your favorite bike shop. Shout out to Road 34. And I was just going to check out at the register. And sure enough, there's a shake weight there. And I was like, is that what I think it is? That South has been Park. there for a long yeah. time. Many, many, many years. And yeah. uh, for people that don't know, Road 34 is a bike shop in Fort Collins that originally was just a bike shop. And the owner uh, was, was pretty smart. And he's like, why not just a bike shop? Why not a place where we can drink beer, play pool? have parties, eat food, and opened up like whole on full on bar next to it with a garage door between the two. Right. Win. Let them fucking make a cannabis consumption legal, you know, public Seriously. consumption Seriously. legal and Cole Scotty, man. Let's I had another it. bike shop like that in Golden, Colorado. Damn, I'm forgetting the name right now, or it's just a regular bike shop, but he had four taps on the wall. They know how to get you in there. And plus I can be like, honey, I'm going to the bike shop. You know, what is with the bike and beer, man? It's a whole culture, huh? somebody in the comments one time talked about how biking isn't a culture and i almost threw up on myself but we're all good what? we're all good what? <laughs> all right how to use prop or how to <clears throat> excuse me how to properly use dimmable leds by bland meow and this is somewhat new to me because i typically never dim my led uh and what does bland meow mean good question let's see is there about the author on here Nope. You'll have to put it about the author and let us know, Bland Meow. Okay. It's a cat not trying very hard. <laughs> All right. So as a friend, hey, DDC, a friend turned me on to the show site when I asked what helpful grow education materials they would recommend. Awesome. I'm here right on with their suggestion. Lots of great info here, and I've really enjoyed catching up on previous episodes. Listen to you guys break down topics and share knowledge is great. Thank you. Um, just started growing again after a 20-year hiatus. Wow. I'm using it. HLG 350R, is that what you're using? Uh, yes, I am. And that is so much fun to think that if 20 years ago you were using, you know, probably a thousand watt HPS or, you know, some kind of HID light anyway, now you're going to get in a 350 watt LED, no ballast, no hum, you no burning out a fucking receptacle. <laughs> you ever have that where you pull, it's pulling nine and a half amps out of one fucking line. It's like you would. You know, whatever. You can melt the oh, yeah. plug if you just left it in for long enough. So it says uh, he's in a three by three by six tent and the light output is intense. I started my three plants in a two by four veg tent along with all my garden veggie starts. Sounds like a typical move. I do that. They were under an LED shop light and six CFL 43 watt tubes, depending on their stage and height. So going from that, an LED shop light in the CFLs to the HLG 350, I can see where we might be in a dimming situation. Yes. Um, it says, growing regular photos in soil. There are four weeks in the veg. The males will be called, and the pheno hunt will be heating up. I will keep a mother in the 2x4 tent along with clones and use a 3x3 as a late veg flower room. When I moved them into the 3x3 with the HLG 350 light, I dimmed the light down and tried to ease them into the higher intensity lighting. The dimmer doesn't have any percentage on the dial. So I'm relying on my eyes, keeping track of how much I've turned the knob to set the light. Not very scientific, 
because I need that Pulse Pro. That would be scientific. Right. Uh, what do you all recommend setting the dimmer for this light, veg versus flower? 50% for veg and 100% for flower? Um, increase intensity slowly over a few weeks or quickly over a few days? Does that change how high you would raise above canopy? I don't want to fry the plants giving too much light, but don't want to give them by giving too little. Um, thanks for anything and all you can do. All right. Happy growing. Right on. These are good questions, man. Uh, I don't know. You can go right with it, Scotty. I think you said you pointed your finger at a problem in your grow with this. All right. Well, one of the easiest answers to this question, and you are the LED guru. And by the way, did you see a Warehouse Kyle was using our LED today, guru? I did not. <laughs> I was Warehouse Kyle using the LED. Because it was dark and rainy. It's fucking snowing out, which kind of sucks, man. But uh, uh, just getting to that, you dim the LED down. You shouldn't need to raise or lower it. I think you can raise or lower it, you know, the intensity. And that's oh, what you're getting at. You most definitely can on most of those ballasts. I'm pretty sure it lets you go down to 50%. It doesn't let you dim like full from zero to sure. 100% on there. But you should be able um, to have those lights in a fixed position. You, know, you shouldn't need to have them on yo-yos to raise and lower them. Yeah, in most of the in most situations, uh you're never really going to want to dim your lights anyways, like maybe to save some money on electrical costs during veg. Um but or your air e conditioner broke. Or your air conditioner broke or something <laughs> like that, but realistically, it's get the plants under the light and then bring up the intensity till it's full intensity over the course of like 4 days to kind of give them a harding off period to get used to this new more intense light right. over a, the course of a couple of days. And then you're good. If you do have too much light in there to the point that you're at like light toxicity and the plants are showing those negative effects drooping down, <laughs> um, some weird discolorations and stuff going on, um, then yes, you can dim your lights. It's best to get one of the watt meters. Right. I forget what they're called, uh, where it just plugs into the wall. You plug whatever you want to measure through it and you can see the wattage it's currently drawing. And then dim your light down where it's a 350 at 350 watts or so or 365, whatever it comes out at the wall, um, and dim that down until you're at like 275 or something like that. And just play around with the different levels of light. And you can use that as a good way to measure how much you're dimming it when you're dimming it. Because these lights, uh, it on 50% and it on full bore uh, are still going to put spots in your eyes regardless. So it's kind of hard to tell how intense it is without actually seeing the like wattage with it. Well. I, mine's always pinned to the ceiling of my tent, <coughs> my five by five tent. Right, right. So when I bring my plants in, I'm like four foot off, you know, lights like at least four foot off canopies. So I'd never dim typically for that reason, um, unless I don't. And, and but my plants are also coming from um, some nice, there's a rapid LEDs they're under when they're pretty, you know, pretty good. Those bars right. are 85 Watts each. It's pretty intense in the two by four. Yeah. I'm or using something grower, similar. Uh, Bland meow was coming from, it said an LED shop light and compact fluorescent bulbs. Yeah, it's a lot doing different. that. You'd be careful for sure. And that's uh, looking at that's where that hardening off period is going to be really, really important. When you're coming from a, a much less intense light to an intense light, dim it to fifty percent, and over the course of like four to four days to a week, raise that up uh, just a little bit each day, so that the plants have. Uh, Instead of just getting shocked with super intense light, they can kind of build up their tolerance to it over over a couple of days. Guru, scroll down on that picture. I want you to take a look at the leaves. Upper left, leaf, those leaves up there. See how they're it's it's a uh, lighter green on the outside. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it looks when they're getting too much light. When they're getting that toxicity, they start just doing weird things like that, and so. Uh, I'm not saying that's it, but if you see something a little clue like that, investigate. 
that might be a little too much light or you might want to up your light and veg go buy one of those core 85 bars you know you can do a lot with those that's a uh, good comments thanks uh see if i can get this right can't, deep in thought aren't you dude man you're deep in thought there can't can't capacitated thank you for plugging in recommending the plug-in electricity electricity usage monitor kind of what guru is recommending okay uh, bland meow thanks for the question suit what's up he says it's good to increase intensity slower over a couple days how much you actually should dim the light can depend on your situation, but I typically think the goal should be reaching full power at the recommended hanging height by the time you head into flower. I like that. And uh, Coach Steve, thanks for helping out. Growers helping growers. Yeah, right on, man. Yeah, very cool. I'm going to shout out here the pros list, dogrows.com. Those are the pros right there, man. Those are the Come pros. Soup, Coach Steve. <laughs> Come on, man. Mm. Yes, sir. Delicious and nutritious. I'm just the host. I just Where'd you get out? your boring optic foliar, man? They gave us some super cool mugs, man. You only oh, got whoa. one that says I do it with the lights on? Sorry, I should have wrapped the scarf around my head. If you, if you want to give me a moment, I can grab it. But I hear you. We do have optic foliar frisbees, scarves, syrup, uh, hockey gonna... sticks, hockey pucks. Yo. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's I'm up, using man? mine to propagate seeds, man. Perfect. Still, yeah, man. those should either be propagated or you just forgot about them. First off, hot peppers take a fucking long time oh, to propagate, right, peppers. man. Yeah, I was even thinking about opening them up, man, on I'm the show. I'm about to order some more peppers. This is my new hobby. If I'm having any challenge with them, my 2 by 4 tent, I'm accepting the challenge, we'll say. Bring it. But Yeah, peppers are a pain in the ass to sprout, man. They are. Dogrills.com forward slash pros today. This is all the coupon codes are listed out there, guys. Lighting, uh, seeds. CBD, tincture, all kinds of good jazz. Optic Foliar today, check out this chart here. It's a great chart on products for PM and mold control. When you can use them, use them lights on, are they food crops safe? How long can you use them in the flower? Dinesh has ATAK, A-T-A-K. It's called Ilium up here in Canada because that's how shit rolls with labeling. Um, but it's a, it's a slightest copper sulfate in it, copper, a bit, copper and sulfur. I don't think, I don't know if, if I say copper sulfate, that's the same as saying copper and sulfur. I always get, I don't think so, man. I don't think so either. Guru, anything? Uh, no, it's not the same as just copper and sulfur. It's copper sulfate. It is a compound of those two, uh, like chemically bonded together. Um, which doesn't happen by just mixing them together, which like, does, I mean, in some amount, yeah, but no, not really. Like okay. you, you, it's, it's a, a copper sulfate. Um, and it works kind of dual purpose in solution. The copper will uh, act as like a light antimicrobial and then the, the sulfate um, doing what sulfur does to uh, microbials and getting rid of them. I feel you. I feel you. Bottom line, though, it's great to use. Although I use it in bloom up to three days before harvest, does not harm your trichomes and will not completely get rid of PM because any product I say that you spray on is not going to completely get rid of manages it you got to be in there scouting every three days spraying a little at least in my situation but works great because it's hard to find products to use that far into bloom to handle that type of shit as well as transport you can use with everything you're spraying you're spraying a little kelp in your garden you're spraying a little foliar feed transport is a great way to get it to spray with the lights on get it in the mesophilic layer and get that nice yep. sheen on your leaf instead of yep. just particles you know what i mean yeah no drops man uh, opticfolio.ca. I don't know if he has the .com, but .ca, from what I read, means you're a legitimate Canadian website and you should trust it more. That's why Recharge Canada is .ca. What? what? You know what How what's dare up you, with sir? that? Kind of trips me out. Like 
so recharge Canada was a, like, there's no other industry or power or like was available. Like, it seems like it's too basic to, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like a power company comes and squishes you, you know, we will take it. Well, that's we'll that's how I make it big time. Yes. I, I sell it and retire. And, and we're <laughs> fracking under your house. All right. So what's going on in our grows? What do you got going on in your grow? The, what you say? The never always in veg? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know what I said, but I said it. Uh, you know what I say? Brought, hang on. I'm going to grab it again. Got your plant back there in your hempy bucket. You just yeah. want to show off your one good looking plant. You know, the, in veg, everything's good, man. And then when they go, come on, that's got a nice color to it. Yeah, it looks good for sure. Hey, we got some roots coming out of the bottom, maybe? Yeah, let's see what we got. And then we're just playing with the hempy, man. We're playing, let's see. I've never done this. Oh, there's two bucks. For those of you listening, Scotty is struggling to take the inner bucket out of the hempy well, bucket. I might need help. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. There you go. Give me a hand, will you? What, do you got to show off a little bit of root oh, action? A little bit of root action there. A little hempy roots right there, but... It looked good, man. You know, this is, I don't know, maybe a month old. I don't think this plant's a month old. Beautiful. It was just though, like you know? the Rolling Stoner was the cannabis Vanna White. <laughs> <laughs> is Vanna White still, what's happening with that? Man? She's exactly the same as always, dude. Exactly. What the fuck is that, man? <laughs> I mean, come on. All right, so... That's going to anyway, go to flower. So. Veg looking good. That's about the size I want to bring them to flower. Uh, I don't know. I really do think looking at that uh, picture as well, I'm getting weirdness like that. And I shouldn't. I shouldn't have any problems. So I'm starting to think that it's too much light or at least too much light immediately because I'm not dimming my shit down at all, which I think that's what I just learned is I need to do that. Because the system seems to be working just fine, man. They look good in veg. Is that going to be the only plant going into bloom? No, no. I do them in threes. So I've got three of those. And then I've got three uh, beautiful three gallons that are uh, face-off OGs that are ready to go in uh, into the veg cycle. So veg and, you know, the whole system is working well, except when they go to bloom. Yeah, they don't seem to like it that much. Or at I mean, least yeah. there's a couple strains that are really sensitive to it. So, hmm. Got me thinking. Yeah, I hear you. I think, I mean, with the talent around there, sometimes having more than one grower in a grow room can confuse things and people overdo things. But you got you, you got Grow Guru kicking there. No, no, there's no, no uh, just me. It's my own private hobby. I go in there, you know, maybe 10 o'clock between 10 and midnight. You're my grow? private hobby. Yeah, I am. Uh, Meaning that it's not part, it's not really part of uh, work at all. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. It should yeah. be enjoyable. Your own personal growth should be enjoyable. And, it uh, is. Soothing. And you know what the only non-enjoyable thing is? Having to deliver. Having to be like, oh, you know what? I just built my grow room. I better pump some dank out. Uh, as opposed to kind of just fucking with it. And I just go in there. I mess with the water levels. I had too yeah. much light in there. So it's like just to be able to go do it for yourself and to... Uh, I don't know, to enjoy just playing around and learning. I'm building a new system. I'm like, man, maybe the water's too deep, you know. Hempy buckets, every time I've done them before, I've only had about two inches of water because I'm trying to do a system so I can move the plants around the bucket and bucket system. Yeah. I'm up to like three and a half inches of water. So I'm like, hey, and by the way, I'm always smoking a joint in there, enjoying <laughs> the fuck out of myself. Man, I, I'm like, maybe I'll take a, a, a saw, you know, sawzaw and saw like an inch lip off. 
you know, so I can lower it down. Or I think I had two inches. So I was like, you know, that was like the shit I'll do between 10 and one in the morning. And it's uh, really fun. But I do it for me, man. As long as, like I used to tell other growers, giving advice at the store, you're not doing too much shit at once. You got to know what's working. It takes time sometimes to know what's working and what's not. It should be changed too many things during problems at times. It's hard to track what worked and why, right. and how, you know. So. Interesting that it works on one side, but doesn't work on the other side. That's pretty fucking interesting clue. The difference is that there's lights on one side, you know, bigger lights on one side. Okay. Uh, in my grow here, because I like to have visuals. Uh, I just brought here. a effing plant out, man. Good point. Good point. Crazy <laughs> visuals, man. Yeah, where's your I'd, plant at? That's a pretty um, nice plant, dude. They always mention. Well, this is my serious seed CBD chronic. I have two of these going. Actually, yeah, two of those going. Um, they have a cool leaf, cool leaf uh, formation. These are what they are. Almost not really about three weeks in. Three weeks into bloom. That's just three weeks. Those are looking really good, man. Um, just over three weeks. Nice. And then, yeah, those are the ones of a one-to-one CBD chronic, and I'm really happy with those from Serious Seeds. One's a little bit of a runt than the other, but I have it lifted up on two different size buckets. This next one here is my GMO plant from Bag Seed because I feel cool saying that for some reason. <laughs> but it's like got roots. I guess these are roots out the main stalk, right at soil these level. Are air roots, man. These are aerial right. roots. Yeah. Shoot out some aerial roots. And I was like, hmm, is this a sign of plant vigor and health? Yes. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, is is it really humid in there? A lot of times if it's super humid, it'll do it as well. Humidity is up around 65, probably. It should be a little higher, and even with the EPDs. It's up around 65 where you're measuring at. Yeah, the right above the soil can be an interesting microclimate. Um, generally, aerial roots don't happen unless there's 80% or more humidity going on there. So should I wrap some soil around that in a plastic bag and like keep it going? No, no <laughs> I mean, need you to, could sir. You could always just add some more soil on top or top dress some worm castings or something on Fuck there. Fuck no, don't do that. That's demo rot, man. Well, the stem does get, which I don't know if it's a factor at all. When I do water in, I've, I've started to have a nice little hand watering can with a very pre- precise spout at the end of it. And I put recharge up on the stem because I figure if there's ever going to be and I haven't in this type of system, any type of stem rot happening on, why not right. put a little recharge on your stem while you're watering your plants? No harm, no foul, right? Uh, I agree. Am I trying too hard to find too many uses? I'm going to talk about putting it in my smoothie next. Uh, give it a whirl. I don't know. Uh, I don't recommend it. I was worried about the molasses and recharge when I was hand watering my badminton court. Um, <laughs> Court sounds fancy. It's just a chunk of the lawn. But uh, there's been so many bears around here lately because they're just out getting after, trying to get fat as possible. It's not necessarily full summer yet, but I'm like, dude, I'll bet you a bear might come up and scratch up my yard here because of all the damn molasses I just Right. I smell something. (laughs) Lastly, I'm training training the uh, GMO. You're aggressive, bro. Just showing what it looks like how bent up. these tops are bent over because they were about six inches higher than the other tops. In those tops, I want to come up and I want to try and even this canopy out a little bit. They recover within a light cycle and a half. If you look closer, you can see that I pinch pretty hard on both sides of the stems. Um, and at times, they do fall too far into the canopy. And if that happens, you can always give them a little crutch with some twisty tie. Help support them up, help them recover faster, but a great way 
Because at this point in time, I can't cut my canopy. I can't top my canopy. I'd be cutting away flowers, of course, um, but to manage canopy height. Dude, I showed that to somebody recently. <clears throat> These veg plants were looking really good. I'm like, hey, watch this. And I took the, uh, I just super cropped it right there and just bent it over. And she was like, dude, what, what did you just do? I did it to two or three really beautiful tops. And I'm like, watch. We came back like three days later. Later, they had a big knuckle on on the wound, and they were just doing absolutely super strong. They bent up and were doing great. The first time somebody thinned my plants two weeks into bloom, they made me leave the room. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. I actually just recently did that and got the bamboo stake going and whatnot. They're like, you want four tops per plant, all right? What are you doing here? I forgot what size containers I was in, but I was way way too many way too many vespers for flowers. It's awesome. Nice. Um, I'm a who's slinging some uh, recharge these days. I'm a guru who you got, man. I have Highly Organics. Uh, shout out to this one in Trinidad and, T- and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, dude. In the tropics. Let's go. Wow, I'd have to even think. I barely know where that's at. Man. Is that All the right. uh, Caribbean? Pretty sure it's Caribbean. All right. Deal. If we're wrong, something tells me people will let us know. <laughs> you guys had a good time today. Dudegrows.com forward slash support producing this show, paying the team, making this happen. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, as well as, uh, man, I was going to say dudegrows.com forward slash merch, but that's running a little light right now. We got some hats that are getting ready to be made. We'll keep you in the loop on that. And uh, yeah, that's all for now. Stay higher, my friend. We got some shout outs here if you're ready, Scotty. Yeah, what we got, man? Harry. Harry Man Buns and Artland Harvester. What's up? Uh, Stone Root and Syndicush. I got that. Yes, yes. Kind of. West Coast. Kindacush. West Coast Bush Doctor and Chief Life 420. I believe that's Chef Life. Thank you. Thank you. Party Buds and Big D. What's up, Blaze McConnell? And Crazy Girls Grow. Thank you. Yes, they do. Peace out, my friends. Stay higher. Till next time. All right. Take it easy, dude. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss says is to take a little break, that means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good vibes on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed In my toolbox there's a bone Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do They shake their heads at natural medicine Go ahead and try something new It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep the good on It's just weed it's just me I like to smoke it out of me Get away!